Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is episode 13 of The Milkman of St. Gaffs, entitled The Red Badge of Courage. I'd like to begin by thanking two new patrons, Daniel Cook, Milkman White Badge, and Astrid Gustafsson, also Milkman White Badge. Thank you so much for your support. It's time for The Milkman of St. Gav's, starring Howie the Milkman. Yesterday morning at 4.41 in my office, as witnessed by Deputy Assistant Mowbray of the Department of Lactic Affairs, 
I signed an order for our very own Howie Coxwell, who, on this day, will be promoted to the glorious rank of Red Badge. After months of diligent work, an impeccable sense of punctuality, and intense study, Howie has achieved what only a few select milkmen can ever dream of. His name will reverberate through the halls of every milk-receiving station in the land and across the rivers of time. The gratitude towards Howie for his undaunting service flows like the richest cream from the deepest, darkest depths of every milkman on the island of St. Gas and across this nation of Taulaw. It goes without saying that I cannot here at this time spell out Howie's other achievements in rooting out subversion and furthering the less visible elements of our mission as milkmen. Without the efforts and exertions of our very own Howie Coxwell, suffice it to say, the inhabitants of this island would be able to sleep easier. At the same time, let us never forget that the forces aligned against us have not been subdued. Let us remember what we are fighting for. This war is about more than securing iron and base metals. It is about securing the higher goods, those things which make life worth living for ourselves and our progeny. Always remember the importance of our product to the war effort. When you see a young tot, smiling and happy with his milk and cookies, know that it is our milk that makes his bones strong, his body tall and powerful. As the years of conflict stretch on from one generation to the next, let us never forget that milk is the grease that oils the machine of war. And let us all now congratulate a man who has proven himself to be an invaluable asset in our struggle, Howie Coxwell. After this, a big cheer went up from the milkman, and I went up to get my badge. I looked out over the crowd. All my friends and colleagues, Frank, Beaver, Walker, Ryan, they were all there. There were donuts and coffee for after, and I noticed Ryan shoveling a bunch of donuts into his bag. And then he left. Anyways... When I got to Mr. Corwin, he stuck out his hand for me to shake, so I shook it. Congratulations, Howie. Very well deserved. I know you'll make us proud. Frank has some instructions for you, and we'll speak again later tonight. I have work to do, but enjoy the celebration with the others. Corwin turned and left. I turned to look out over the room, and I guess everyone was pretty busy, because the only ones left were Walker who poured some sugar in his coffee and left, and Frank, who greeted me with a big smile. It was only then that I realized that Corwin hadn't actually given me a red badge. Maybe Frank had it. Hey there, Howie. Great job on the promotion. I hate to do this to you, but we're going to need you to spray for flies today. Ryan's been doing it since McMurdle's accident, but he's got a doctor's appointment or something and had to take the afternoon off. You don't mind, do you? No, no, not at all. But Frank, I think Corwin forgot to give me my badge. Frank put his hand on my shoulder and gave me a grave look. Yeah, listen, Howie, we don't have any actual red badges right now, but we ordered one. Things are kind of backed up at HQ, but you'll definitely be getting one before too long. 
And since I know you're going to ask, there is supposed to be a pay bump with the promotion, but right now with the war and us being shorthanded, we'll have to wait a little bit on the raise. Really? I was thinking I could move out of my place. I have a girl and... That's great, Howie. I'm happy that you understand. You know, that's what I like about you. It's not all about the money and prestige. It's about the team and the mission. So you get to spring and then get some rest. Corwin wants to see you tonight. Come by his office around 11. And congratulations again. With that, he slapped me on the back and left me there. To tell you the truth, I didn't want to spray for flies at all. I thought that getting promoted meant that I'd have newer and better duties. But I guess it made sense, since Ryan couldn't spray and no one else knows how to do it like I do. So I went back to the room with the thermalizer and all the other machines and pipes. I was feeling a bit down, but that's probably normal. After a big high like that, you're bound to be a bit down after. The other problem was that I didn't really want to risk breathing the fly juice again. The last time it was bad, and since I was pretty excited about everything that was happening in my life, I decided to do things a bit differently. I went to the bathroom supply closet and got the bottle of soap we're supposed to use to wash our hands. I poured some into the sprayer machine and mixed it with warm water. It was probably better to use soap sometimes anyways. I decided that with my newfound authority, I would suggest using soap for the job every once in a while. That's the kind of thinking you can only get with down-on-the-ground hands-on experience like I had. I was just imagining myself at a big meeting with a bunch of stuffed shirts from Dola, who probably had never delivered a bottle of milk, and me there in my uniform laying it out for them. I waved the sprayer around as if I were wagging my finger in their faces and said right out loud, You want to improve the efficiency of what we do? You've got to listen to us boys on the ground. Out there, on the street, it's not about graph charts and smoking cigars. You never know when some old guy will complain about you to the boss or some lady won't pay her bill and you have to resort to drastic measures to get her to pay. Have any of you ever been stuck on the road outside of town when your engine broke down? With the sun beating down and all the milk about to go bad? Have you? Well, I have, and I know the kind of quick thinking that's needed to save the day. Bravo, Howie! I snapped out of it when I turned around and Inspector Mowbray was standing there. I see you're getting into the swing of things with your new rank. I just wanted to pop in before taking the ferry back to Mingsvite. She put her hand out and I shook it. I forgot that I still had soap on my hands and the inspector looked at her hand and sniffed it in disgust. But then she just shook it off. I hope there are no hard feelings, Howie. We had to be sure of your loyalty and you passed the test with bright colors. As I'm sure you're beginning to understand, the milkman's role is only secondarily about delivering milk. Our primary objective has always been surveillance of the interior and intelligence gathering. It is only recently that we've also gotten involved in research and development. And by a fortuitous stroke, our first project happened to be here on St. Gaff's, and it turned out that you might be just the fellow to help us out. You signed up just in time. I do have a bit of a knack for interrogations, I said. Right. 
Well, all the best, Howie, and I look forward to hearing about your progress. With that, she left me to spraying. Now, I'm not a natural scientist, but I really thought putting all that soap in the sprayer was a good idea. It definitely smelled better than the bug spray, but I wasn't prepared for how many bubbles there would be. I thought the first big bunch were just because of some soapy foam at the top of the hopper, so I kept spraying. But more and more bubbles kept coming. They were everywhere. I turned the pressure up all the way, thinking a strong jet of liquid would pop the bubbles, but that didn't work either. So I turned the machine off and stood back to look at what I'd done. I felt my face go red when I saw that the thermalizer was now covered in soapy water and it was making a strange sound. My first day with a red badge and I destroyed the most important machine in the station, I thought. Then there was a banging on the door. Now, the door was locked and it had one of those small round windows. Beaver's fat, ugly face was there peering in. I ran over and put my face right up to the window to block the view. What the blazes is going on in there? What's that sound? Nothing, just a regular part of the cleaning. I developed a new procedure to clean the machines better now that I have a red badge. Let me in there. I have to let everything soak for a few minutes. No one can come in. You better not have broken anything. Corwin will have your guts for garters. And with that, he walked back to his desk at the front of the station. I quickly dumped out the soapy water and filled the sprayer with regular warm water. I sprayed the water everywhere, but it took a long time to get all the bubbles popped and all that soapy water down the drain. The thermalizer was still sounding weird, but I figured it would probably work itself out once it was dry. There was just a big mound of bubbles over the drain. I kept spraying until it all went down. And then, to my horror, I heard a scary, low sound, rumbling like something deep down under the station had cracked. I listened for another minute, and the rumbling subsided. I looked around, and you couldn't see any evidence of the soap anymore. All's well that ends in love and war, I thought, and I left the station for the day. After that, I went to see Stormy at the druggist's. It was a special occasion, so I decided to buy her some flowers. When she saw me with the flowers in my hands, she put her hands to her mouth and gasped. Oh my god, Howie, I was so worried, what happened? Well, I went to see you-know-who about you-know-what, like we discussed, and I got promoted. Yay! Congratulations, Howie, said Molly, who was sitting with Stormy as usual. But where's the red badge? Stormy asked. Oh, it's on its way. They have to send for it on the mainland. They don't just leave those badges lying around, you know. So did you get a big raise? Can you move out of that awful room now? Well, the paperwork's in the mail, but with the war and them not having enough people working at the moment, we all have to tighten our belts for the cause. So they're not going to pay you more? For me, it's not about the money. It's really about going on missions and playing for the team. Okay... Stormy said, but she seemed a bit deflated. She probably didn't realize the flowers were for her. But here, these are for you. I handed Stormy the flowers and leaned in to hug her. She wrinkled her nose and so did Molly. You smell funny, Howie, Molly said. 
Not in a bad way, Stormy said. Just, it's soap. I had to spray for flies. I developed a new, more efficient method that I had to test out. And then, on the other side of the store, buying a bunch of licorice strings, was Ryan, who was supposed to be sick, or at Dr. Barrett's or something. He walked right by us after paying. Hey, Ryan, aren't you supposed to be sick? Yeah, so? So you lied to get out of spraying for flies? I'm so tired of that crap, I needed an afternoon off. So you lied to Frank? I had to spray because of you. Better you than me. You watch how you speak to your superior. I'm a red badge now, remember? Right, sorry about that. See you later. And he left. Then Stormy and Molly stood up too. We've got to get going, Stormy said. I'm not done my soda, I said. Well, maybe we'll see you tomorrow, okay? We have to study for a test. And off they went, but that was okay. Sometimes I just like to sit at the bar and think about everything. Overall, it was a good day, and one I would never forget. On my way home, I picked up some fish chowder for dinner and then dozed on my bed until it was time to go see Corwin. I figured he wanted to give me some fatherly advice about my new role at the milk station. I thought maybe I'd bring up Ryan's insubordinate attitude. And even Beaver, we were equals in rank now, but he was still treating me like an inferior, demanding to be let into the back room when I was spraying. That wasn't right. I made a whole list of grievances in my head, but it turned out that that wasn't what Corwin wanted to talk to me about. Have a seat, Howie. Congratulations again on the promotion. We'll have the badge for you as soon as we can. I believe Deputy Assistant Mowbray briefed you on the nature of our mission here. I nodded, but really, I didn't remember exactly what she'd told me. I asked you to come here so that I could fill you in on the last piece of the puzzle. The thermalizer is not working at its full capacity yet. The department decided to use this island for the project because of its isolation, being on a fairly remote island, and also because we believed it would be possible, for various reasons I can't go into right now, to find the elements we need for the machine. It turned out that we were very fortunate that you signed up to be a milkman, Howie. You've done an impressive job. But I have a new task for you, and I have to insist that you do not speak to anyone at all about this. Mom's the word, I said. You can trust me. He paused for a moment before going on. Then, from behind his desk, he produced a tin milking pail. You recall, Howie, that a group of us went underground a few weeks ago. And you recall that we encountered an entity down there. The entity is called Mamafa. Again, in the interest of brevity, I won't go into too many details. But suffice it to say, the creature, Mamafa, produces a substance called phlogisterion. This is the substance we need to complete our tests of the thermalizer. I had a suspicion that you might be particularly well-placed to gather the substance for us. That is why I brought you with us that night. And as it turned out, my hunch was correct. You saw how the creature reacted to you. I started trembling when I realized what was coming. Howie, I need you to go underground, find Mamafa, and milk her. Did you hear me, Howie? 
Yes. Do you think you're up for it? You want me to go alone? That's right. I think you're less likely to spook her if you're alone. When did you want me to go? Right now. Now? Yes, is that going to be a problem? I... now... I'm sure you'll be fine, Howie. It's risky, I know, but we have to try. For the cause. Come on, Howie, get up. Take the pail. If you run into any trouble at all, just take the stairs back. Take a deep breath. Look at me. Take a deep breath. I'll be waiting right here. Down you go. Go on. Remember, Howie, we're all in this together. I walked down the stairs with my candle and my milking pail. I was still trembling. It was a cold and misty morning, and I could smell fires burning across the field. There was still some snow on the ground. I came to a large stone barn made of reddish stone. It didn't look like anyone had been here for ages, and the barn was crumbling in places. The doors were long gone, but I still couldn't see inside. I heard animals moving around. I was still pretty scared, but I thought that maybe the good lord above had brought me to this place for a reason, that Mamapha was inside and would bestow her milk upon me as a blessing for all the hard times I'd gone through. I would be the anointed one who would save the nation of Taula by bringing the phlogisterian and ending the war. I crept into the barn, holding my candle high. There were cows on the dirt floor, mostly asleep in the dimness of the barn. But one cow, much bigger than the rest, light brown, lay dozing with her head on her forelegs. She had horns, but I knew it was her. Some people cut the horns off nowadays, but no one used to. I knew the final stage of my journey was here, and all I had to do was wake the mammotha and milk her. I kneeled down and brought the candle close to her face, and I whispered gently, Good morning, mammotha. It's time to wake from your slumbers and let me milk you. But she didn't move. She must have been so deeply asleep. I reached out and tickled her ear a bit. Her eyes shot open. My eyes got wide with terror, and the cow's eyes got wide with terror. The giant, soft nose was right in my face. She hopped to her feet like a bolt of lightning, and before I could do anything, she charged. She seemed to bound right over me, and her head smashed into the wall. Bits of stone fell down all around. I got to my feet and ran, and she ran after me. Outside the barn, I slipped on an old man who was sleeping in the street, wrapped in a filthy brown coat. It was night, and the streets were wet with recent rain. Sorry. He got up and dusted himself off. That's okay. What time is it? I don't know. I just got here. He stretched out his arms and gave a tremendous yawn. And with the breath he drew in, he seemed to change. He wasn't such an old man after all. His face was mostly a thin, devious smile, and his eyes darted this way and that. 
His coat was now shining red and black. He straightened up like a plant that hadn't been watered for a long time. He was taller than me and thin. He looked up at the moon, yoke-like in the mist and sooty fog. It's just about time for my performance. Come with me, young man. What's your name? I'm Howie. I'm a milkman. The milkman, of course. But come along or we'll, we'll be late. We walked through the streets of some city I'd never seen, but there were no gas lamps, no lights in any windows, nothing moved except us. We went down an alley, and he cleared some boxes and rubbish away, and there was a door only about three feet high. This place is so old it's sunken into the ground, but come on, they're waiting for me. He opened the door, and a stench of old tobacco smoke and sweat poured out. He bent over and went in. I just stood there until he stuck his face back out of the doorway. This is the way, Howie. There's no other way forward. If you want to get where you want to go, you'll have to stoop. I didn't really want to, but I stooped and went in. It was a dim lounge. There were figures wrapped up in old coats, sitting in booths with dusty and faded red upholstery. I couldn't see anyone's face. There was thick, choking smoke hanging in the air, if you could even call it air. My new friend hopped up on the stage with a flourish. And now, my friends, prepare to be amazed. A spotlight from somewhere lit him up. He held out his hand, with his palm facing towards him. He brought his other hand over, and, to my astonishment, he seemed to pull his thumb right off his hand. A bit of a murmur went up in the crowd. Then he put his thumb back on. As he came down off the stage, the figures all crowded around congratulating him. The magician smiled and tried to pretend it was no big deal. He managed to pull himself away from the crowd and linked his arm with mine, and we walked back behind the stage and out a special door that was only for performers. And then we were out on the streets again. There was still nothing moving, but I could see, looming over the city buildings, giant columns that stretched up so high I couldn't see the tops. Where are we? Who are you? I am your guide this night, Howie, the magician said. Then he stopped and motioned for me to stop. Something was moving in the shadows. It was a familiar sound. Then the Doberman I used to know came into view and was about to lunge. Its head was a bit mangled. But the magician held up his hand and the beast stopped and went back to wherever it came from. Don't worry, you're safe with me. Where are we going? I want to show you something, over here. Are you cold, Howie? You should have brought a warm coat like mine. He was right, I was shivering, and I could see that we were walking towards one of the columns. The people came here thousands of years ago, 
fleeing the beasts that roamed the earth in mankind's infancy, they learned magic, ways of keeping themselves hidden from the beasts. Here, they made a life for themselves, and these pillars were formed year by year, generation after generation. The pedestals laid by a baby's first smile for her mother. Each brick is made from the bonds of family and friends. Where are your family and friends, Howie? Hmm? No matter. No one remembers the columns anymore. And he looked up wistfully. But they're right here. How could anyone forget them? You people don't believe in magic anymore. Up there with your machines and your medicine. You can't see what's right up against your own faces. Do you want to see another trick, Howie? No, I came here for... You came here for what? What exactly do you think you're doing down here, Howie? You can't just come and go as you please. You really think you can just come down here and take whatever you want? You're a selfish, selfish person. You know that? Do you know what your selfishness has cost the world? At this point, we'd stopped at the base of a column. It must have been as wide as three or four big houses, all bricks of different sizes. Look, Howie! And he showed me how there were big, huge cracks in the column. Soapy bubbles oozed from one of them. And then I noticed for the first time that a crowd of shadowy people in heavy coats were gathering around, listening to the magician and watching me. And I was nervous. These are good people, Howie. Do you see what you've done? And he pointed again at the cracks. This is your fault. Your fault. You did it. I was getting really choked up. I knew he was right. It was all my fault. Milkman, I know what you really are. Did you think I would forget what you did to me? I didn't mean to. Then the magician was smiling, mean. You did mean to, Howie. From his coat, he pulled a jagged penknife. And I mean to do this. And he thrust the penknife right into my chest. I howled in pain. I crawled out of the hole in the parking lot. For a second, I'd hoped that it wasn't true. But I saw blood dripping. A lot of blood. I couldn't stand up. I dragged myself along, my head getting lighter. I tried to get to Corwin's office. I looked up and gasped. In the red light of the moon, it was Billy on the wall. But the wall was cracked, and Billy's smile was cleaved in half, horrible and disfigured. And I really thought I heard him snickering at me. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.